he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. God is coming to be admired in you. His very nature, His lowliness, His loving kindness, His passion, all those wonderful things about the Lord. Hey everybody, in light of our upcoming conference, April 24th and 25th, we wanted to play a sermon for you from one of our past conferences. Dave Leopold is a longtime friend of Pure Life and he serves at the Zion Faith Homes in Zion, Illinois, a ministry that is devoted to prayer and ministering to the body of Christ. In this sermon, Pastor Dave urges us to cultivate a true love for Jesus and a genuine eagerness for him to return soon. I pray that God gives you a soft heart to this word and ears to hear God's voice today. Thanks for joining us on Purity for Life. talking this weekend about the first love, and um, I want to talk about that today in uh, a particular way. I want to talk about the aspect of, as the Bible, well, as the King James says, loving his appearing or being hungry. One translation says yearning for the coming of the Lord. I want to confess that the Lord has revealed to me very much over these last couple of years that I do not love His appearing as much as I need to. I don't. And I hope everybody in this room will be able to see our need, not to feel guilty or bad about ourselves, but to, to realize that the Lord is going to help us. And He needs to help us, but He's going to help us to love Him more. Jesus said to the churches you know in Revelation, um, I stand at the door and I'm knocking, and that wasn't to sinners, that was to the church, and what he talked to every one of the churches about was the quality of their relationship with Jesus personally. He commended them, uh, some of them. Ephesians especially, and some others, for the things they were doing right. But what he asked from every one of them had to do with the quality of their relationship with Jesus personally. It was Jesus. And I want to talk about Jesus personally today and our walk with him and our relationship with him. 
if we really love somebody, then, and they're not right with us, we, we want them to come. We want them to come back, don't we? Um, you know, my, I was thinking about, with my wife and I, you know, she's, you know, nothing's ever true across the board, but she's like, like a lot of women, she, she talks more than me. <laughs> and I'm like a lot of guys, you know, when I'm not up here, I really don't always talk very much. I just can't think of anything to say. Um, when I'm not in the Word of God, I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know what to say. So my, my wife will, uh, you know, we, we, we always laugh about this. She'll ta- be talking to me, and I'll be going, mm, yeah, oh, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> but you know what? If Becky was gone for three months, now some of you experience this and more, but, you know, in, in, um, we're going on our 40th anniversary. We're almost there. And, and um, I don't know that we've ever been separated for as much as three months. I don't think so. If my wife was gone for me for three months, I would be so anxious for her to come back that when she got home, I would sit her down in a chair and I would say, honey, start talking and don't stop for three weeks. (laughs) Because I love her. (laughs) And even though... Until about 10 in the morning, all I do is grunt in response, you know. Uh, um, I love her. I want to be with her. And if there's some way that I can be with her a little bit better and more, then I just yearn for that. God wants us to be yearning for the coming of the Lord. And he doesn't want anything to get in the way or to distract us from that. I want to read a few verses out of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, starting with verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. This is Paul, of course. I have fought a good fight. (laughs) I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. (laughs) Now this verse has always been important. But I believe it's even more important in the days that we live in because 
we are getting very close (laughs) to that time of the coming of the Lord. Now, I know that Jesus said nobody knows the day or the hour. Don't worry, I'm not going to try to tell you the month and the year. I don't know. But Jesus also said, you really need to discern the signs of the times. We need to discern the signs of the times. Jesus is coming. And don't forget, that's the main thing. He is in control. (laughs) Nothing is going to happen that he doesn't know about, and nothing is going to surprise him. But we need to prepare ourselves and be prepared because we're living in a time when all of God's people will have to be willing to lay down our life at the drop of a hat. Now, I don't think everyone's going to have to do that, but I think we're all going to have to be able to do that. We all need a relationship with the Lord that is so tight That we can all say without any problem in a split second, okay, I love Jesus. Go ahead. (laughs) We live in that day and don't, don't think it's not true. It's coming. It's coming. You know, we don't have ISIS, but... We will. Well, it might not be ISIS, Italy, something like that. Right now, though, you know what your ISIS is? Your ISIS is the love of this world. It will cut your head off slowly like they do. It will kill you in your life with God. We need to be really tight with Jesus. This is a serious day that we're living in. Don't you think that this kind of stuff is going to happen all over the world, but not here? Don't you dare think so. This country is a part of Babylon, if not its capital. And God is going to judge it. But he's also going to fill his people with himself. And God will not be behind, you know. There won't be more evil in this world than there is good. There won't be more power of the devil than there is the power of God. There won't be people more possessed with the enemy than there are people possessed with the Lord. As a matter of fact, One time, I've probably talked about it. You know, the problem, I I don't ever keep records, and I never can remember when I talked about what last. So I come down here, and I'm thinking, I don't know, like, when was the last time I talked about the? Oh, I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. The word for... The same word for rapture, Um, well, the rapture isn't actually in the Bible, but caught up. The same word for caught up is used for the man who is possessed with the demons. 
there, it wasn't harpazo, it was soon harpazo, because that's the plural, soon harpazo. He was caught up, same exact word, by the enemy. Do you know he was on the earth? Do you know God might just really take hold of us in these days, people, where it's not us anymore? You don't know what the Lord is going to do. I don't either, but I do believe that we are going to see a manifestation of the sons of God that is not like anything that we've ever heard of before. But we must, we absolutely must take so seriously letting the Lord prepare us for the times that are ahead. This is as serious as a heart attack. This is more serious than a heart attack. (laughs) Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. And as our dear brother John said, so simply, it's just so simple and it's so profound. (laughs) Don't, I'm going to paraphrase it here, don't love the world. Don't love the stuff in the world. Because all of it, Every bit of it is of the world and not of the Father. We need to be in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we really are, we're anxious for Him to come. We want to see Him. And I've just been aware that I'm not there. I'm not where God wants me to be. I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> I believe he's going to get me there. And I believe he's going to get you there if you want to get there. But it's going to take some letting go. And it's going to take some, as we already heard, it's going to take some discipline, some letting go, some fighting. Some of it's going to be with the devil and some of it's going to be with you. You're going to have to fight with you at times. But God will fill you. He will fill your heart. I want to also read um, 2 Thessalonians uh, 1.7. I'll read actually 7 through 10. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 10. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. <laughs> when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. But now he tells, this is what's going to happen to those who don't give in, who don't turn to God. But that's not why he's coming. He's not coming to do that mainly. That's just a byproduct of his coming. Because he's so full of light and glory that when that light comes, the darkness is going out. But the real reason he's coming is in verse 10. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints 
and to be admired in all them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. God is coming to be admired in you. (laughs) His very nature, His lowliness, His loving kindness, His passion, all those wonderful things about the Lord. And, you know, my favorite, probably not hard to tell, I've been down here quite a bit, my poor people in the little church that has to listen to me all the time up there too, they, I'm sure they get tired of me talking about it. But, you know, I just love the fact that God is lowly. I just love his lowliness. I love it. I love poverty of spirit. You know, I'm not so lowly myself. None of us are. (laughs) But it doesn't stop me from loving it in the Lord. (laughs) And the more you love that, I think the more the Lord is able to help us to choose to humble ourselves. It's a choice we make every day in different ways. I want to look also at um, one more passage. Actually, I'm not going to have you turn to all of these. I, I have a lot of scriptures on my mind. I feel like, uh, I feel like the other David today. You know, I know David, he, uh, he can, man, he can mention so many scriptures and talk about them so much, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Um, but I do want to go over quite a few scriptures, so I'm going to not have you turn to all of them. And I'm not even going to read all of them. I'm just going to Talk a little about the accounts, because all of you should be familiar with those accounts. Um, Titus. <laughs> Titus 2.11. I'm going to read a few verses here. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not always bad things that keep us from being hungry for the Lord and yearning for Him to actually come. It's not always bad things. Sometimes it's good things that get in the way or neutral things. You know, I'm at a time in my life, and I don't want to express to anyone or make you want to... I don't want you to think that uh, God doesn't want us to enjoy life and enjoy our families because He surely does. But this is a time in my life where, you know, I'm now starting to have grandchildren in bunches. And, you know, it's just awesome. My, my kids, most of them live close by. I get to see them all the time. They are funny. They're cute. Some of the ones that are getting a little bit older, you know, they're still funny. Um, you know, I love to be with them. For my 
my age bracket, and there's a lot of you here in my age bracket, as the commercial says, it doesn't get any better than this, you know, to have grandchildren. But there's nothing that compares to Jesus. And I can't, I can't be in my heart saying, you know, Lord, um, you know, I really love you and I really want you to come back, but I, yeah, not right now. You know, I, we don't, any of us usually really want to be on that next bus. We sing about it, we say it, and I know that there are some who really do. I know that. I, I know people, and I know they're telling the truth. Most of them are in their 90s, <laughs> and their bodies are a pain, literally, and life is not of a good quality. And they are yearning to be with Jesus. And there are other people who are younger. (laughs) But God wants all of us to be yearning more than anything else. You know, it's not that we shouldn't love our families passionately and we shouldn't love people and so on. But more than all of it, we should know Jesus because... Um, you know, I, I, the reason I love my wife so much is because I know what a precious person she is. You know, I know what a sweetheart she is. Uh, I know what she's put up with uh, through the years at times. Um, I know her heart. I know her heart. I know how much she loves people. You know that. I know her, and I just love her, and I don't want her to be away from me too much. As we get to know the person of Jesus better, that's how we are going to feel about his coming. Really. Really. We're not going to say... Ah, but I almost, you know, Lord, I want you to come, but I almost have enough money to buy that car that I've always wanted, you know. I just, can't I please experience that before I, I, you come, you know. Or they get that raise or that promotion. Or that new Harley, please. The Lord wants to become so real, His love so real. He wants us to know Him so closely that we just can't stop thinking about Him, (laughs) you know. Just like if my wife were gone for a long time, I I just wouldn't be able to stop thinking about her, you know. Um, Jesus wants to bring us into that reality. That is not... A fantasy. Sometimes we think it is. It's not just some idealistic, ridiculous bunch of spiritual talk. 
we can be in love with Jesus and we can walk with Jesus and we can talk with Jesus and we can hear his voice and we can yearn and long for his appearing more than anything in this world. And he needs to bring us there. He needs to bring us there. Now, I want to share a couple of passages of Scripture from the Gospels. Um, there's, uh, there's two people I want to talk about in the Gospels. And one of them was a person who thought he was ready to meet the Lord. Jesus came to him and he thought he was ready and he found out he wasn't. Another is a person who most likely thought he was not ready to meet Jesus, and yet he he responded rightly, and the Lord came into his life. And I want to just talk a little bit about that with you this morning, and maybe a couple other things. So put on your seatbelts. In Mark chapter 10... Um, you don't have to, I'm not going to read this, I'm going to just talk about it, and I'm sure I've talked about it before, just like I'm sure I've talked about the next guy before here, but this young wealthy man that we know as the rich young ruler came, I believe, to Jesus expecting confirmation and affirmation. The reason I say that is that he came running to Jesus. And if you were expecting to be disappointed, you probably wouldn't go running to them. You know, if you knew, like, you, your boss found out that you, you know, faked sick yesterday and uh, you weren't really sick because you wanted to stay home and, you know, watch the Super Bowl, uh, you probably wouldn't go running to him the next day. But this man came running to Jesus because he was a good man. He had spiritual interests. He had tried to always keep the law. You know, he had been a good person. And Jesus loved this man. He didn't reject him, okay? Jesus loved this man so much, just like he loves every one of us, that he didn't have to say anything, but one of the disciples probably just looked at Jesus' face and could tell he loved him because it says right there that uh, Jesus, beholding him, loved him. They could see it on his face. He loved him. He did not reject this person. This person could not walk away with Jesus. He could not do it because his heart was owned by the things of this world. And he did not even know it. He didn't know it. He came running to Jesus. What else do I need to do? You know, I've, I've done all this stuff my whole life. What am I lacking? And Jesus lovingly looked at him and told him the truth because he knew he had to hear this or he was not going to be ready. And you could say that this was the coming of the Lord for this man. 
This was it for him. This was the coming of Jesus to him. He thought he was ready, most likely, but he wasn't. Because what he needed was to be in love with the person of Jesus Christ. He needed to love Jesus personally, know him and love him. He couldn't do it because his heart was owned. You know, Jesus certainly didn't reject him, but it, and the man was grieved. He, there was a part of him that wanted to do this, but he was grieved and he walked away sorrowful. Because his heart wouldn't let him. He didn't realize. He didn't understand. That what his heart needed to be attached to was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He needed to be in love with this man. God wants your heart. He wants your attention. He wants your affection. He wants your thoughts. He wants you, your heart. The same thing that any lover wants from the other person. They don't want you to be a robot. (laughs) Um, I know sometimes men act like they would like some women to be their robot. But that's not what they really want. What they want is the love and the heart of that person. And that's what Jesus wants. And I know we all hope that this man kind of woke up, you know, somewhere down the road and said, what in the world am I doing? I can't take any of this with me, you know. I'm going to sell it all just like he said and give my money to the poor and I'm going to go and follow Jesus. Now, the Lord isn't telling us all to sell all of our stuff necessarily. Uh, Some people do that and go to the mission field or something. But what he's asking us to do is, is to, in our hearts, to let it all go. All of it. Let it go. And learn how to fall in love with Jesus himself. Because... If you don't, you may not be ready when Jesus comes for you. This was the coming of the Lord for this man. Now, there was another man. um, I I just want to talk a little bit about. uh, And that is this this guy that I often talk about named Zacchaeus. And I talk about him so much that I'm going to just be very brief with him. But Zacchaeus, on the other hand... I'm sure he thought he wasn't ready. He was in a tree, um, hoping to get a glimpse of Jesus. And I, I can't prove this, but I'm assuming that he was hoping to see Jesus, but that Jesus would not see him. Because he was a bad man. <laughs> the difference was he knew it. He knew it. And he never expected any mercy. He didn't think he was anyone that was going to get it from a man of God, from the Messiah especially, if he he believed it at that point. I think he was probably hiding there sort of in the tree, hoping to get a glimpse of Jesus. And 
Then all of a sudden he stops and he, you know, says Zacchaeus. And I'm just guessing that his heart just kind of sunk into his, into his stomach at that point, thinking, man, he's going to really read me out in front of all these people now. Because he knew that he was greedy, that he was stealing from people, that he had gotten wealthy off his own people, the, the Israelites. He'd gotten wealthy off of his own neighbors and and uh, townspeople. But when Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house today. Zacchaeus gratefully got down. We don't know what happened. We don't know what went on at Zacchaeus' house with Jesus exactly. But I think he got to know him a little bit. Zacchaeus wasn't evidently impressed with the self-righteous condemning Pharisees. He didn't care about being religious if that's what it was. He didn't care about knowing God if that's what he was like. But when he met Jesus, and he saw that he could be accepted by the Lord if he would just repent, that God was there in the flesh receiving him, he was so grateful that he had the opposite response. He said just the opposite. Not, oh, I can't do it, I'm sorry. He said, no, you know what, I'm going to start out here by just taking half of everything I have and giving it away. And then after that, I'm going to sit down and try to figure out all the people I've ripped off And I'm going to give them back, you know, what was it, three, four times as much? Man, you know, they say the more you have, the more you want. He had no trouble letting it go. And I just want to make this one little point. There's a lot of directions you could go in comparing these two. But this is the one thing I want to say to you. When, When you leave here this weekend, do not be... Do not have the attitude that the rich young ruler may have had, probably had, that you are at the head of the class. None of us here in this room are at the head of the class. All right? I'm not. You're not. We need Jesus desperately. We need to fall in love with him. We need him to take our whole heart. We need to live the rest of our lives like Zacchaeus. We're just so grateful for what God has done for us that we just want to give everything away for free. Here, take some more. You know, spiritually speaking. And maybe, you know, maybe other ways too. But I'm not talking about money today, okay? I'm talking about our hearts. Don't be like so many Christians can be. You know, I'm, you know, I'm doing really well. I'm, I listen to all the right people. You know, I, I'm making all the right decisions. You know, I read my Bible every single day, at least, you know, one verse. Um... I love people when I feel like it. 
And I pray all the time when I'm not busy. Just, we need Jesus. I need Jesus. Jesus wants to give us something that more than meets what's coming into this world. He wants to give us something that more than meets it. This is not the day of the devil or the Antichrist. This is the day of the coming of the Lord. That other stuff, one person says, is just shadow. (laughs) Jesus is the light and everything else is just shadow. And that is true. Don't be caught unaware. Um, The Bible talks about that. Jesus talked a lot about that, being caught unaware. The rich young ruler was unaware of what it was that the Lord wanted. He was unaware. Don't be unaware of what God really wants from you. He wants everything. He wants your entire heart. I want to read something to you. Uh, I guess since Jeff mentioned, I, I, you know, I usually don't bring up anything about the faith homes or people from there when I'm here because I, I really want to talk about Jesus and... and um, I don't want anyone to, to think that you, you know, you can, anybody can have Jesus and you can have as much as you want. Anybody. You can have all you want. And nobody is limited. God will give it to, you know, a little child. But I want to read something that he wrote, uh, Mr. Andrews. Interestingly enough, it's mainly about prayer. I'm not going to read it all, just a few excerpts from it, because it's too long. Uh, and it's interesting to me that in, in being, you know, in, encouraged all of us who are speaking to talk about the first love, that there's been a lot of talk this weekend about prayer. And that shouldn't surprise us, because you want to be with the one you love. And you can be. You can pray. And if you don't, and you're not sure how to pray, you can learn. (laughs) And you won't find it in a textbook. You'll find it by sacrificing your time and getting on your face and pouring out your heart. And you will learn how to open up to the presence of God and let Him come in and pray through you. Okay, let me read a few excerpts. The circumstances of the world require that we wait on the Lord. We are being prepared now to walk with God. Our time should be taken up with our face to the Lord. People who do not take time to pray will be caught in the snare, that one that Jesus talked about, that's going to snap. On the world. We had better take the instruction given to pray or we will wish we had. We had better make time to pray. 
Procrastination is a thief of time. God is depending on us to pray. The devil is trying to keep you from praying. That is his own objective in this world. We need to have a complete consecration to pray. There is no way to come to the outcome of what God has planted here except by prayer. I believe God is going to have his people so humble and down in a life of prayer and worship and tarrying and intercession that they will be used on this earth in a prayer life. That grip of prayer on you is what is missing and what God wants in the world. God wants our attention riveted on the coming of the Lord so that nothing in this world can take away that attention. Whatever you give your attention to, you will be led by it. That's another way of saying, um, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You'll just find, if you give your attention to Whatever it is, you know how we get into things sometimes. Maybe men do that more, I don't know. You just really get in. I think we're more, you know, women are more multitaskers and men are more, they just get lost in what they're doing, you know. And and you got to, I got to finish this. This has got to get done, you know. And I can be very guilty of that. Oh, yes, Jesus, I need him too. The Lord has to have people on earth who concentrate completely on one thing, Jesus, the head. They are willing to give up their lives for him and to him. He has to have people on earth who are so concentrated in their hearts on the person of Jesus Christ that they are willing to live and die in order that he may give freely his life to other people. This nation will be judged for its wickedness. God will hide you if you are willing to be in God. He will hide you. That doesn't mean he'll make you invisible. But the Lord has been our dwelling place in all generations. He is our hiding place. He himself We can be in Him and be without fear. We haven't got much time. There is not any time to be wasted. God expects of you and requires of you that you give your time to God so that He may keep you full of the Holy Ghost and fire. The iniquity of this nation is coming to the full. We had better stay awake and seek God. Now listen to this because there's truth in this and you need to understand it. Unless you are willing to give up the love of the world, what you will find is that you are in a desperate situation where you won't know how to cast out the fear. This is very important. Because this, the devil... <laughs> really is who it is, is going to try to control this whole world through fear. 
And his reign is going to be very short-lived. We know that. Relatively short-lived. But it will seem longer. (laughs) Um, He's going to try to control this world through fear. And one of the things that makes any man shudder and quake with the world, you know, uh, paraphrasing it, you know, I think it was Isaiah said, this this world is going to rock and roll. Um, It's going to shake. And one of the things that makes us shake with it is when our heart is in the world. We need to be absolutely as serious as we can be in asking and pleading with the Lord to give us a greater love for Jesus. A love that is so... (sighs) You know, if you don't mind me using this, (laughs) I just think it's the best illustration I can think of. You know, when, when I met my wife... It wasn't hard to forget about all my old flames. When I got to know her, when I met her and got to know her, it, I wanted to pour my life. I wanted to be with her. And all those other hurts and all those other attachments, they just seemed to kind of fall away. When we fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the person of Jesus. Many things that we've struggled with a long time and we've tried to cure in our own strength and in our own ways and self-help and all that garbage. Um, You just kind of, whoa, where did that go? What happened? (laughs) Because our heart is beginning to be captivated By Jesus. See, you don't have two hearts. Well, I love Jesus with this one, but with this other one, I love the world, you know. I I do other things. I have other interests. and, And I'm not saying you can't have other interests. You understand. But that focus on Jesus needs to be with us all the time, that love for him all the time. And when I'm doing the things I like to do the most, I pray that the Lord enables me to love him and to share it with him and to do it with him because he makes everything better. Just like I don't want to go on vacation with by myself. I want Becky to go with me. <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> you know? I don't I don't want to go I'm a I'm a you all probably know this. Also there's some new people here. You don't know it. I'm a motorcycle guy. You know, I love to ride my motorcycle through the country with the ch- and there's little houses with no paint on them and chickens and goats and hey, that sounds like here. <laughs> um, I was born here, by the way, just just up the road. I'm I'm from here, but um, man, it's better when I take Jesus with me, and I'm driving down the road and I'm looking at the trees and the hills. And I'm looking at the beauty that God's created, and I'm just saying, Lord, this is awesome. I love these chickens, you know. <laughs> and, and these little houses with the sofas and the 
stuff on the front porch. I really do like that. I mean, I, I am sorry. I'm a, I'm a true hillbilly. And I, I just like it. I, I like simple life. I love seeing simple life. You know, I just don't like the city. I love simple life. And I love that God made the world so beautiful. And I like my Honda. And, and you know, just praising the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Take him with you. Everything in life is better when you're loving Jesus. He wants to be closer than a brother, than anyone to our hearts. We're going to spend eternity with him in that way. Okay, I, I think I want to look at one more passage and I, I won't take a lot of time. Luke chapter 2. I just want to um, remind us about these folks here. God, uh, when the Lord was coming the first time, and you know, there are a lot of things about the first coming of the Lord and the second coming of Christ that are parallel, that parallel each other. There are many things. And, I, you know, there's not time to talk about all that stuff, but in Luke chapter 2, we find that it was very important to the Lord that he had a few, a few people to welcome him when Jesus came for the first time, he was, and he was only, you know, probably eight days old, um, coming to be circumcised. Uh, but it was important to the God the Father that there was a welcoming committee for him. And God had a few people prepared. And basically their whole life was just living in and around the temple and waiting for Jesus, looking for the Messiah. And about, um, was it Ananias? Uh, no, it was um, Simeon. <laughs> Simeon. Simeon, it says, uh, don't worry about turning there. I'll just read it. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Think about that. The Holy Ghost will be upon you if you're waiting for Jesus and looking for him like Simeon was. And the Holy Ghost wants to be upon you. It's important to him. He doesn't want just two this time. He wants armies of people who are given over to just yearning for the Lord to appear. And this was Simeon. He was an old man by now. And it's, it says it had been revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that uh, he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Christ. And, and so he came 
by the Spirit, it says, when Mary and Joseph showed up there with Jesus. He came by the Spirit into the temple, and he found them there, and he knew it was Jesus. And he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God. And he said, Lord, I'm ready to go now. You can take me any time. I'm not attached to this world at all. My eyes have seen the salvation of Israel, and I am ready to go. And this is an amazing thing because, you know, Anna was similar. It says she, she says she didn't depart from the temple. I'm not exactly sure if it means she never departed from the temple or she, you know, pretty much lived there. She was there all the time. Prayers and fastings night and day. Both of these people were walking with the Lord and they just knew they came. They were in the right place at the right time. And they said the things that needed to be said. Their whole lives were given to just longing for Jesus to come. And that is exactly what the Lord wanted their lives to be. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you should uh, go find a, you know, a nice cave and, <laughs> and, and get, get a bunch of, you know, rations and uh, stay in there and give yourself to the Lord and waiting for His coming. But this is how God wants our heart to be, to be ready to meet the Lord. That really our whole heart is just yearning for Jesus. Do you know that if you're that way, if your heart is that way, do you know if that's where your attention is and that's where your focus and heart is, do you know what your life will be? And do you know what, who you will talk about all the time? You will not be able to hide the fact. <laughs> you know, now sometimes, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I don't think there's any... As a matter of fact, I'd like to do it more sometimes. You know, I'd like to get this thing that says, here's how you do it, and go out and pass out tracts. And, and, you know, because uh, if I don't witness, I'm going to feel guilty, you know. You know, that's better than nothing. But if God gets a hold of your heart and you're this in love with Jesus and then you're this hungry for Him to come and to see Him, you will not stop talking about it. You will get yourself killed. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it happens all the time. Do you know that? It happens all over the world all the time. People are getting themselves killed because they're so in love with Jesus, they just can't stop talking about Him. They're not trying to, you know, get the guilt off their shoulder. They just can't stop. Simple people, poor people, in love with Jesus with all of their hearts. Not only that, but where did this guy... get the authority. <laughs> he wasn't a part of the ecclesiastical system. He wasn't a part of the, the... He wasn't a Pharisee. He wasn't a priest. And he comes in and he takes the Son of God out of the arms of Mary and Joseph. And he holds him and he blesses him. And he blesses them. What? <laughs> You know, who does he think he is, Abraham? (laughs) 
He just walked with God. He didn't need a title. He didn't need seminary. He didn't need to go through the schools of the Pharisees. I I can't say for sure he didn't, but I seriously doubt it. He just needed to walk with God. And God was able to use this man, and he had authority with the Lord. And he was in the right place at the right time. He just did exactly what God wanted him to do. And he had the privilege to welcome Jesus into the world (laughs) and to bless his family because of his relationship with the Lord plus nothing. Nothing. God is going to have an army of people all around this world to welcome Jesus uh, you know, not only in, in all the ways, because the, the coming of the, the day of the Lord isn't just one day. It's the period of time that the Lord is, is coming, you know. And of course, there is that time when he actually, yeah, he's here. He's here in the flesh and in the spirit too. But there's a lot of aspects to that day of the Lord and his coming. And God is going to have people. To welcome him in every stage and every step of his coming. And they're not mostly going to have titles or positions, except with God. And just like Jesus said, you know, many who are first are going to be last, and many who are last are going to be first. And many are going to wonder well, how did you end up with so much authority? With God. You know, who are you that you're shining like Moses coming down from the mount with the glory of God all over your face? Well, I love Jesus. (laughs) I love him. He said these wonderful words. Light to lighten the Gentiles, the glory of thy people Israel. And of course they marveled. The world and the body of Christ desperately, desperately need you and I to walk with God. I'm telling you, the world needs it and the body of Christ desperately needs for us to walk with God. To say, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. But not just sing about it. And let's ask the Lord to help us. You know, Lot desperately needed Abraham to walk with God, didn't he? Abraham was the only reason that Lot got out of Sodom alive. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot, that's how it's going to be in the days of my coming. And, you know, he, he, 
In other words, there's going to be a lot of lots who get rescued barely by the skin of their teeth, as we say, out of that overthrow of the world system. But do you know what? If there's going to be a lot of lots, there's going to need to be a lot of Abrahams. People who are praying for this world, praying for families, praying for loved ones, praying for their neighborhood. There needs to be a lot of Abrahams. And some things you just can't wait and save till the last minute. It doesn't work. You can't. You can't wait until the last minute for some things. Lot chose, you know, he, he says he looked upon the land, the, that land that was well watered before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And he lifted up his eyes and said he looked at it and then the next thing you know he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And then the next thing you know there he is in the gate with the leaders of Sodom, you know, talking about, hey, you know, what do we need to do? We need to do this. We need to do that. Um, you know, it just... Went that way. But Abraham, right after Lot left, it says, The Lord told Abraham, Now you lift up your eyes. Look around in every direction. It's all yours. (laughs) And Abraham chose to give Lot the first choice. You know, he didn't care about that. And and yet he, he ended up with everything, didn't he? But he made choices all along the way to walk with God. And, and he knew how to stand before God and pray for Sodom. You know, that wasn't his first experience, or he wouldn't have known, or he wouldn't have taken the, the chance he thought he was taking. <laughs> oh, Lord, please don't be mad at me for asking for your mercy upon just a few people. God wasn't going to get mad at him, but that's what he thought. <laughs> there needs to be a lot of Abrahams. Philip, um, the eunuch, that eunuch, remember, he really needed for Philip to walk with God, didn't he? He really did. The blind man really needed for Peter and John to walk with God, to know him desperately. I'm going to give you one really practical way in closing here that you can love Jesus more. <laughs> you know, like just, I know you're, you're just like me. What I do is, you know, I'm constantly aware that my heart is wayward and uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I'm constantly asking Jesus to please help me to love him more. Just do that. But, but one thing I want to say to you that you can do that will help you to love Jesus more is to read the Gospels. Read them over and over and over and over. And don't just read them, but Just sit before them and look at Jesus. Just look at how he treated people, how he spoke to them, what he said to them. It's incredible how Jesus was, this 
This man, Jesus, is the only one in the world ever who could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Elijah couldn't say it. (laughs) Moses couldn't say it. Nobody could say it. Paul couldn't say it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when the disciples even asked Jesus, one time when they weren't really being treated the way they should have been being treated, and they said, Lord, uh, should we just call down fire from heaven on these folks like Elijah did? Yeah, see, they were as dumb as us. And... um, Jesus said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. The disciples. He had to be really patient with them. They didn't even know. Now, I could ask the question, and you might ask the question, well, why was it okay for Elijah? But it's not even the right spirit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, but I do know that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and he suffered a horrible, torturing death on the cross, and he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They really don't understand what they're doing. You know, Stephen filled with that same spirit. He looked like an angel. And the words that came out of his mouth that corresponded with that glory of God that was all over him was, Lord, lay not the sin to their charge. That's the Spirit of God. That is who God is. God is love. (laughs) That's who he is. And you can take everything that you don't understand in the Bible and you can just put it up against the cross because that's the perfect revelation of God. There's a lot of partial revelations and, you know, we could talk for hours about that stuff and I wouldn't be the best one to do it. But the cross is the perfect revelation of who God is and who he wants you to be. So let's read the Gospels, devour them. I never stop reading them, you know, I for 30 or 35 years I... Just read through the Bible, read and did studies and things, but I do it differently now that I'm familiar with the Bible. But I never ever stop reading the Gospels. You know, I don't couldn't imagine how many times I've read them, and I love them. <laughs> and they, I always want to talk about Jesus because I'm looking at him and I'm saying, "This is so precious. Look at how he treats people." You know, these guys on the on the road to Emmaus. Like a kid down the street, you know, what in the who, where in the world have you been, man? And, you know, you know what we would have done. I know what I would have done. You know who I am? (laughs) But he just asked another question. Oh, really? Tell me more. Tell me more. The fact that he was even there with them, you know. He just resurrected from the dead. What's he doing with a couple of obscure disciples that we've never even heard of? What's he doing there? 
Well, you know, it says there in the passage they were sad. They were sad. They needed Jesus. So there he was, the resurrected Jesus, just as humble as ever, just as loving as ever. Just devour the Gospels, and your love for Jesus will grow, and your desire to be with him will grow, and your, your love of this world will, will fade, because your heart can only really be in love with one thing at a time. Um, it's either him or the world. Lord, we just ask that you will give us a great hunger for Jesus and that you'll make us truly hungry for his coming, Lord. Truly hungry for him to come, to show up, Lord, to come to us and to make us into his image that when we see him, we will be like him for we will see him as he is. Lord, I repent I repent of my love of the world. I repent of it, Lord. I repent. I repent. And I pray that you will help us to love you more. That you will help us to love others more. That's what you do when you fill us, Lord. That you will give us more pleasure in being in your presence, Lord. The psalmist says, at your right hand there's pleasures forevermore. Lord, help us to find our pleasure in the presence of God. More and more and more. It is truly a pleasure, Lord, to be with you. Help us, Lord. We acknowledge our need. Help us to find our pleasure in being with Jesus and in your word and in fellowship with your children and in loving them and helping them. Help us, Lord. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll bet you heard a lot today that was challenging. One thing that's real to me is that our hearts don't long for Jesus simply because we don't love him like we should. It is so easy, especially in America, to get distracted with other things. We've got entertainment and our careers and our families and our possessions. We've got games and toys and hobbies. On and on and on it goes, and Jesus is just kind of relegated into this tiny corner in our lives. Now, it might seem like God is okay with that, but I can tell you Jesus is not coming back for a lukewarm bride. He is coming back for a bride who is inflamed with love for her Lord. Pastor Dave gave us some really practical things that we can do to grow in our love for him. And I just want to recap a few things. First, we got to let the Lord search us to find out what other things are in competition with him. He's jealous. He's not pleased when our hearts are crowded with other idols. And as we see things that have become idolatrous, we need to truly repent, meaning we need to ask God 
how to deal with those things so that they stop taking his rightful place and so that we can seek him as the supreme love of our lives. Second, there's no other way to build a relationship than by spending time with a person. It's just like the psalmist said in Psalm 55, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. If we seek God now, then we'll know him. And when he returns, we're not going to shrink back in shame. The last thing that Pastor Dave encouraged us to do is to regularly read and meditate on the Gospels because that is where we can see clearly what Jesus is like. And as we meditate on his word, we can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to our heart. We can ask him to reshape our hearts so that we admire Jesus, we respect Jesus, and yes, we love him. Okay, that's enough for today. We do pray that the Lord encounters you as you look to him and that he would meet all of your needs through his abundant mercy. And also, we hope to see you next week at our annual conference in Williamstown, Kentucky. There are still open seats. If you'd like to check it out and register, just go to conference.purelifeministries.org. Thanks for being with us this week on Purity for Life, and we'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.